If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Next 60 minutes here on Newsnight. Deadlock. Striking labor unions table. University Senior Staff Association of Public Universities and other sister unions refuse to call off strike after hours of meeting with government. You don't need any negotiation on this. It is a straightforward matter. You are owing me. Give it to me. If defaulted, pay the penalty. So... What negotiation do you want again? It's straightforward matter, and they are ready to do that. They said they will get back to us, so we are waiting. Until they get back to us, we are still on strike. Details as lecture halls, libraries, and other facilities on the university campuses remain closed. Grinding academic activities were halt. We came to do our group discussion, but as we came, the library is, is locked, and and my team, we have to go back. I see rubbish everywhere, like, it makes the school look very nasty, and under the tree where the benches are, people are sitting there, but there are rubbish around them, and... Also tonight, Health Minister orders a nationwide infrastructure audit of health facilities barely a week as the Joy News latest series, Dapped Sick Hospitals, reveals the deteriorating state of many of these hospitals in urgent need of rehabilitation. When this issue got to the Honorable Minister or the Ministry, the, the infrastructure directorate was compared to go and have access so that we are able to know the cost involved. However, civil society organizations have taken on the ministry, dismissing the audit directive as knee-jerk. Our politicians know the best way to treat us is to put the truth in plain sight. What, what is wrong with us? This sort of diatribe being given to me as though I cannot read. I'm sorry, but I wouldn't take you. We'll hear from the Ghana Medical Association. And in business, the bulk oil distributors commence purchases of finished petroleum products from Century Refinery in Ghana. Move expected to impact on prices at the pumps. And his sports will tell you about the Angolan players who are poised to defeat the Super Regals of Nigeria in the quarterfinals after receiving cash and iPhones. And later we'll tell you why Ghana's aspiration for an HIV-free society is at risk. The young females are getting in, not from their uh, age mates, but from older ages. Older men having sex with, with younger people. Younger and adolescents. You want to stay with us for details of all the stories here on Newsnight. Send us your thoughts on WhatsApp 055-1111-997. My name is Evans Mens and we start tonight with the continuing strike by many labor unions, all of them today meeting with government. Now the Tertiary Education Workers Union, the University Senior Staff Association of Public Universities and sister labor unions uh, strike remain in full force. After meeting with government uh, ended today, but it was inconclusive. Now, four labor unions, the University Senior Staff Association, the Tertiary Education Workers Union, the Ghana Association of University Administrators, and the Federation of the University Senior Staff have all laid down their tools over claims of poor working conditions and non-payment of their pensions. Now, according to the unions, government is yet to remit all Tier 2 pension deductions made over the past nine months to the private fund managers. A situation they insist is simply unacceptable. A meeting between themselves and government 
ended but as you're learning the union say they will not call off the strike listen to the national chairman of the senior staff association of the universities uh, in particular the university of ghana isa donko tough day difficult and stressful day for us yes uh, we went to this meeting with a, a position and you know our position government is owing us our tier two pension and we are requesting for the payment of the principal plus three percent penalty per month and we went there they spoke with us we've given them our proposal they said they are going to consider and they'll get back to us so we are waiting when they get back then we take a decision from there that's what happened today so does that mean that you put your strike on hold no our strike is still on we are not going to call it off today when they get back to us and it is positive then we can consider calling it off until then we are still on strike and we've also told them that we have to meet as a national executive council in wa so until we go to wa we are still on strike until they are able to meet our demands that was tabled before them today we are still on strike did they negotiate with you on anything you don't need any negotiation on this it is straightforward matter you are owing me give it to me if defaulted pay the penalty so what negotiation do you want again it's straightforward matter and they are ready to do that mm. were any timelines given well they said they'll get back to us so we are waiting until they get back to us we are still on strike so if this takes a year will be on strike for you i don't think you get there <laughs> so what are, what are expectations you think they'll come back within the next like, february looking at their poster it's, it looks very positive so i'm sure by next week you may hear some good news from them Considering the effects your strike is having on education. Uh, as I said, we've made some proposals to them that has been accepted in good faith. So we are going home and wait for them. Now the strike is beginning to... Some of the offices have also been closed down. Even the central administration, the offices, uh, you will not see anybody there. Finance office building, nobody is there. And so you are not ready to reopen all these um, departments up until your needs are met? Yes, we are, we are on strike. That's what that, that, that this is. In short, we are on strike. And if we are on strike, we don't come to work. And so let's look at how... Well, my colleague, Kenneth Jesse, was at the University of Ghana. is with me in the studio right now. What did you find? Uh, Evans, one thing that was very peculiar was the garbage on the campus. You see garbage all over. Uh, left uncollected by these uh, striking unions and the students also complain that their washrooms have been left unwashed for several days and their classrooms or lecture halls remain closed which is affecting uh, their academic uh, performance so they have had some of their classes moved online. The facilities are not well maintained. An example is the JQB jqb block where one of our lecture halls so last week last week morning the whole place was full of water because those who were to take care of the place were not available to maybe clean the water for us to be able to work to go to class so this makes people like very late to class and the rubbish outside is overflowing like you can see rubbish everywhere can see rubbish everywhere like it makes the school look very nasty and under the tree where the benches are people are sitting there but there are rubbish around them and it makes it very bad you know 
okay. it doesn't make you have the zeal to learn or something also um we're supposed to have lectures um this morning but then because the place has been used as an examination room we're unable to go for lectures there and we had our classes held online this morning Kenneth, you followed up to the meeting between the labor unions and the government. Right. Who else was there and what has been the reaction since? Right. So we have the Federation of University Senior Staff Association of Ghana who were there. The Teachers and Educational Workers Union of TUC were also there. The Senior Staff Association of Ghana were also there. And in unison, they are all making the same demands. They are tier two pensions paid they also want their conditions of service bettered or else they're not returning back mm, and and from what we're learning this meeting was fruitless in a sense because it yes. didn't achieve its objective yes. of getting them back to work right it was a meeting of proposals they say government made several proposals to them that their concerns are going to be addressed. They said they've had government, but they are not going back to uh, work until their demands are met. Now, today, uh, thank you very much, uh, Kenneth. Today, this has become an issue that uh, members of parliament have been taking on. We can listen to the ranking member on the Employment Committee in Parliament, Dr. Kamna Donko, has called on government to respect the labor law and pay the tier two pension contributions to the public sector workers. He spoke to my colleague, MFR Powell. The way out will be for the employer to respect the law. The employer is technically in breach of the law when it comes to the second tier pension. So that, for me, is fundamental. The other issues of the allowances, etc., are more negotiable. There should be a bit more flexibility um, on the side of the unions in trying to accommodate the government's harsh fiscal regime. But we must also be conscious of the fact that historically, in every election year, the unions want to make sure that their entitlements are settled before a new government takes over. And if the unions envisage the possibility of a new government, they want to clean the slate. They want to resolve all outstanding labor issues before a new administration comes over. And this trend has been consistent throughout the Fourth Republic. So I would expect the managers of manpower, especially in the public sector, to also be proactive, okay. recognizing that outstanding issues will be aggravated in an election year. But so far, are you um, happy with the position taken by the employer? Well, the employer has no option than to respect the law, and that is on the second year. The employer has to pay up. Simple as that. Simple as that. The other issues, I will plead with the labor unions to be more accommodating um, with the government, recognizing the financial dice mm. streets. Let's bring in Suleimana Abdurrahman. He's a national president of TEU, joins us right now. Uh, thank you, sir, for your time here on Newsnight. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, we were at this meeting and uh, we met Tewu Yuji. We spoke to Benjamin uh, Nkamsan, who is the vice chair of the, of the Legon branch. 
Were you yourself invited as a national president? Um, tertiary Education Workers Union of Ghana were not invited at um, the said meeting. I believe um, those who were invited was uh, the pre-tertiary which we had disassociated ourselves from them, which is still TUC. And uh, I can assure you that they are not representing the masses as far as the public universities are concerned. So that is why when they declared their strike, you were still having the public universities workers, uh, I mean, uh, still at post as far as our members are concerned. So our strike activated yesterday and today, uh, if you had monitored the public university, you realized that uh, the whole place was empty. So we are waiting patiently for the government side to invite us. And until that is done, uh, we, we, we will also hold on and then keep our fingers crossed. I mean, your front is divided, as you just explained. You're not part of TUC. You've not been invited to this meeting. Clearly, yes, we, you, you, you we, don't we, have a united position on this matter. Yeah, Why should we, government we have, take you seriously then? Yes, we, we are very united as far as this issue is concerned. But of course, uh, in every uh, union or organization, you have one or two people who might be having their own interests and doing their own things. But as far as we are concerned, we are very, very resolute. And the whole public universities, as far as uh, the membership is concerned, is respecting the, I mean, the leadership. So, as I said, uh, of this, you know, you mentioned a local executive. So, and we are talking about national leadership here. And as far as we are concerned, we were not invited. And until we yeah, are invited not, to the table... You were not invited because there isn't unity on your front. And you have an issue you're dealing with. In fact, all of you have the same issues. And you don't think it's right to come together at least to fight for this, for your members? That is why I'm saying that as far as we are concerned, I think uh, the, the issues are the same, but not the same. Because the strike that was declared by SSA UOG, they talked about the pension funds and then talked about, uh, I mean, an overtime. But ours goes beyond that. The pension funds is there, the overtime is there, but the payment of vacant maintenance allowance to deserving staff is also there, which is very critical. Because you have some of the public universities not paying our members who are having cars and they start to pay them a motorbike maintenance allowance. Meanwhile, the person is having a car that transport the person to work site. So we think that it is discriminatory. And we are asking government to make sure that they should not discriminate as far as allowances, payment to this staff is concerned. So, so our issues differ a little from, uh, I mean, uh, ACC and then uh, GAWA. I mean, you, you claim you represent the bigger body, and yet you were not invited. Surprised by that? That is why I have mentioned that we had declared our strike yesterday. So probably those that invited, they were already in the motion before we declared a strike. So that's a different uh, issue altogether. And as I said, you, you, you had seen, uh, I mean, 
the, 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 the impact in the, in the airways when the students were complaining that today, they, when they got to the campuses, the classrooms were locked. So, the, the, which means that we are rather on the ground and government will have to respect, uh, I mean, the leadership. And, and, and stop dealing with imposters. Because if someone claims to be represent, I mean, representing the entire members and the person is not actually representing them, uh, it means they are dealing with people who are not uh, actually the right individuals to be dealt with. But, but, but the Tewu Yuji, they also have a constituency. You cannot call them imposters. You, you have just mentioned a local chairman. We are talking about national leadership yes, here. Yes, but you cannot call him an imposter. He is representing his constituency in the University of Ghana. That is why I am saying that. We're talking about national leadership, but you are mentioning a local member well, I'm or a local executive. You, you, call, you called him an imposter. He isn't an imposter. Was the national leadership of those individuals, or let me say, that union invited? Well, he was invited. If he was invited, then government definitely sees him as a credible representative. Okay, as a local executive, right? Yes. But okay, so if it's a local executive, that's a different level altogether. And as I said, we are talking about national leadership. And I don't think uh, Tehu Ghana government will invite a local executive from any other university than inviting the leadership. Uh-huh. So that is what we are talking about. So you were not invited. The meeting has happened. What do you plan to do now? Have you? Has anybody called you, by the way? I'm just curious. Yes, of course. Uh, we, 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 we have some few calls. Uh, I mean, from National Labor Commission, uh, try to understand the issues very well, which we have explained to them. In any case, last week we gave the National Labor I mean, uh, Commission an ultimatum uh, together with government, and that was 22nd January 2024. And government did not respond, and that is what has led to this fight. Uh, been, been taking place. Other than that, I don't think we would have gotten to where we are. Thank you very much, Suleiman Abdurrahman. He's the national president of Tewu. Also joining me right now uh, for a quick chat is Isaac Donko. He's a national chairman of the Senior Staff Association of Ghana. They are also on strike. Mr. Donko, uh, you were in this meeting yourself? Hello, Isaac Donko? Uh, hello? Yes. Were you in this meeting yourself? Yeah, I went. I was there. Okay. And from what we've heard, you, what you've heard tonight did not convince you to call off your strike? Uh, no, we, we tabled uh, a proposal before government. And they said they've accepted it. They are going to discuss with the other hierarchy and get back to us. So we are waiting for them. Did they give you a timeline? They didn't. Did you ask for it? And did they explain we why did. they can't tell you We right did, now? and they said as soon as possible. That's the word they used. So you're going to remain on strike until they come to you with a Yeah, place. Yeah, we are still on strike until they come. But did you receive the assurance that everything will be done to resolve this matter? Well, their poster indicate that they, they can do something. So we are waiting for them. Who, who were you talking to today? Uh, we went himself? and met uh, minister, Deputy Minister for finance, Abna, uh, Fair Wages was there, JTEC was there, Ministry of Education was also represented, then Controller was also present. Hmm. And that uh, sounds high-powered enough. 
uh, and you were convinced that they have the mandate based on what you've heard from this uh, meeting they have the mandate to resolve the issues since the deputy minister was uh, representing the substantive minister for the sector we are we are okay we are, after our strike is still on so if they are not going to get back to us so be it we are there waiting for them whenever they are ready you're also going to be ready Isaac Donko, thank you very much. He's a national chairman of the Senior Staff Association of Ghana. I want to hear from you if you're affected by this. If you're a student in the university, the libraries have been locked, as you've heard from uh, some of the campuses uh, tonight. Let's hear from you. 055-11-11997. How is the strike affecting you in your university? And if you're a parent, you have a child in school, I want to hear from you too. 055-11-11997. Now, tonight, the health minister has ordered a nationwide audit of health facilities across the country responding uh, to the recent Joy News series titled Sick Hospitals. The investigative report exposed the deteriorating state of many. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. ...of these hospitals in need of urgent rehabilitation. Now, our investigations revealed alarming issues such as leaking roofs, extensive cracks, uh, compromising the structural integrity of the buildings, a lack of essential equipment, and many facilities deemed beyond repair, requiring immediate attention. We'll hear from the health ministry pretty shortly, but first, let me take you to Fianquanta Regional Hospital in the western region, which lacks a defibrillator, leaving health workers there distressed. A defibrillator is a life-saving equipment. When the heart is not beating normally, the defibrillator is used to deliver controlled electric shock to the heart. This shock can help restore the heart's normal rhythm in cases of sudden cardiac arrest. In countries like South Korea and the UK, defibrillators can be found in public places like pubs, markets, and crowded places. What about Ghana? We make our way to Ghana's oil city, Takrade. The Fianquanta Regional Hospital receives referrals from across the region. It is fair to say that it serves over 3 million population. Can the hospital save your life if you go into cardiac arrest? Regina Kweku, the unit head of the Accident and Emergency Center, shares a recent story. We had this patient that was brought in with electric heart shock. With that one, you know, because of the external electrical current, it sends the rhythm to a different, the patient, to a different rhythm. So if we had this, we could have reversed, we could have shocked the patient to set the rhythm to the normal. But because we didn't have, we continued with our CPR, CPR, and when we were all exhausted, we had to call it. For those who do not understand what the term call it, it simply means they had pronounced the patient dead. How often do they call it? So that's happened very often very often 
Well, tonight we're hearing from the health ministry in response to what you just had there and many others across the country that we've highlighted in our sick hospitals series. The spokesperson for the ministry, Isaac Oferba, uh, tells us that the minister has now ordered a structural directory to audit all health facilities and produce a report. When you look at this particular structure, when this issue gets to the Honorable Minister or the ministry, that if a structure directorate was compared to go and have access so that we are able to know the cost involved. Some of these structures that you are looking at, if you have to take the cost of maintenance, it will give you a new hospital straight away. So these are some of the challenges that we are putting in place so that we address them. You will talk about maintenance, where you need to put a new facility. When you look at what we have now, if we have to invest money into maintaining it, into bringing it back to life, it will rather be good that we have a new facility instead of going back to maintain some of these things. Did, did, did I hear you say and clarify that the ministry is conducting a facilities audit across the country? Yes. Some of these issues came up and direct, the infrastructure directly is taxed by the Honorable Minister that you assess all, some, all these facilities that are having these challenges. And like I said, and, 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 what, and what's the goal? What's the goal there? What's the objective of now, this? When you have them, the objective of the survey is to inform you about the, the, the amount of money you need into forming up a budget that will be able to take care of some of these things. One, like I said earlier, we are looking at renovation. We are looking at rehabilitation. But some demand new hospitals instead of this rehabilitation. Well, a public health fellow with the Center for Democratic Development, Kwame Saponasiri, believes the ministry's directive is a knee-jerk reaction that will not yield much results. He spoke of I'll PMS. say la, 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 la. Hear people talk like that. I realize that they lack the gravitas to even speak on health. I mean, sometimes I need to call a spade a spade. I have to say that's a test based on the data. You presented me with a report. The report is clear on the needs of the country. I also have the luxury of the last budget presented by the finance minister, where there is no line when it comes to biomedical, uh, what do you call it, maintenance of our health equipment. You are dealing with a situation whereby health is a public service good. It is a human resource right and has to be delivered. It is not being delivered because the facilities are sick. You have a harmonization report that is telling you what the problems are. And you tell me the answer is agenda 111. Okay, so, so apart from that, he says though that there has been a directive from the minister to the facilities department to travel across the country, do an audit, to come back and give them a picture of the state of this hospital, what it will cost, then they can go and fix them. That, this is where I get animated. Let him go and read his own holistic assessment of the health program of health um, works report. That is a report that is a statutory document that is pro And that is why I keep saying, you know the problem with Ghana? Our politicians know the best way to treat us is to put the truth in plain sight. If you go into the holistic assessment of health programs of work, Works report. He wouldn't be saying the sort of things he said. When I hear people talk like this, I realize they lack an understanding of the statistics when it comes to running health. Don't we even bring in equipment? We don't sign contracts that would ensure they are maintained. And we are building new hospitals and we're going to commit the same crimes again. 
Mm. Simply because we want to go on a procurement exercise. What, what is wrong with us? This sort of diatribe being given to me as though I cannot read. I'm sorry, but I wouldn't take you. Well, the spokesperson for the health ministry and Kwame Sapanasiudu vehemently disagreed on how to fix the problem. He's referring to a report that came up in June. Fine. That report is yet to be prepared so that we can have that in our next budget. So you, you can't compare a report. a report that came out in no, June. I thought it was ready in November. No, no, no. Don't, don't, don't even go there. there. A report that came out in July. A budget was ready in November. We let are me, in, 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 in January. Okay. Please, let me, 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 let Issues Rock to go affect them, them. So, if you are having a report and based on that particular report, you want to rubbish everything that we put out there, I don't think you have been fair. That okay. same report has some issues that we have to deal with, which we have already dealt with them. Some of the statistics that are in that same report from the Ghana Statistical Service, we cannot run down all of them, but there are some that are questionable. Well, the General Secretary of the Ghana Medical Association, Dr. Richard Selome, says the problem with sick hospitals is widespread, with many of these facilities now becoming dead traps. We have seen, uh, unfortunately, it's not an isolated incident across the country. We have seen this across various aspects, even in the capital city itself, with complaints about Kolebu, the surgical block. We have seen various facilities across the country. So it's not really an isolated uh, issue across the country. How bad is it across the country? Well, I cannot uh, put a figure to it, but what I can say is that even if it is one place that is bad, for which translates into loss of lives and then also decrease in the quality of care that can be given, as well as delays in care, and then general decrease in the confidence that we have in the health system, that is bad enough. I mean, look, I'm Sapanseru. So it is widespread. That's the head of the doctors group saying this to us. You are not surprised by this, but the real question is: knowing how important healthcare is for any country, why have we looked on and let this to fester? Well, um, thanks and good evening to everybody. You ask why we looked down for this to first time. It's because as a society, we don't read. And our leaders know that we don't read. I want to hear from you. If you find yourself in a community with that kind of a hospital, why don't you send me a WhatsApp, 055 is the WhatsApp line. I'll share a few of your thoughts with the rest of the world pretty shortly. And George Raffi is here with the latest from the world of business. And George, I don't know if yeah, you've been to any hospital outside your comfort zone in the rich part of East Ligon, uh, but if you have, you would be shocked at what you find in some of these rural areas. You know, 
what I'm worried about most of these uh, hospitals, the public ones and all the rest, is the state of emergency care. You know, when it, there's nothing wrong with it. So today, Evans, you might say that, oh, I have a good medical insurance system, I have my private doctor, but you don't know when you will have that seizure and you'll be rushed to the nearest public hospital. The state of our emergency response unit at these hospitals, and even it's terrible. So when we push for these things, don't think that you have your medical insurance, you have your private doctor, you don't know when you have that seizure and they have to rush you to and then, a regional hospital, a public hospital for you to be catered for in their ER unit. And to make it worse, if you go to these facilities, you also have to pay out of pocket. As we're learning today from the National Health Insurance uh, Scheme and the report that has also just been released, the Demographic and Health Survey report, subscribers are now paying out of pocket for services at the country's health facilities. We have details of this when you're done with business. Tell me what you have in the headlines. Well, Evans, coming up, bulk oil distributors commence purchase of finished petroleum products from Century Refinery here in Ghana, a move expected to influence fuel prices at the pumps. And government expects Ghana's debt classification to improve significantly after it finalizes deal with bilateral and euro bond holders on restructuring debts in coming weeks. The Business News on Newsnight is brought to you by MTN Business. Welcome to the new world of business. Kingdom Books and Stationery, Syntax Tanks and Pepsodent, Herbal and Chaco. You welcome back to Business on Newsnight. Now, some bulk oil distribution firms have started purchasing finished petroleum products from Century Oil Refinery here in Ghana. These bulk distributors over the years have been importing fuel. However, the setting up of Senchu oil refinery could be bringing this to an end soon. Chief Executive of the bulk oil distribution companies, Dr. Patrick Ofori, who disclosed this to Joy Business, says this development could impact positively on the industry. If for nothing at all, already most of our members are buying in CDs from them, which somehow reduces their risk with regards to the forest issue uh, that have been double the sector for some time. So that gives us some form of comfort with regards to that. The issue of uh, demorages that normally has also been a thorn in the uh, in the flesh of the importers, I think this is also something that is coming down. With the other uh, benefit that we seek to gain with regards to insurance, then other that normally goes into the supplier's premium. These are costs that you can easily uh, get rid of when you are dealing with that. And even if it's being passed on with regards to the crude, because there are multiple products coming from the crude, it is spread saying that you know any particular buyer will not necessarily feel the impact of that. With regard to storage and another local uh, handling of the product locally too, you will stand to have somehow a minimal cost. Chief Executive of the Chamber of Bulk Oil Distribution Firms, Dr. Patrick Kukufuri, talking about some of their members uh, buying finished petroleum products from Century Oil Refinery here in Ghana.
Now, transport operators have justified the expected or more than 20% proposal increase in fares in the coming days. It follows government decision to set February 1, 2024 as the implementation date for the emission levy on some vehicles. Now, this will charge between 75 Ghana cities to 300 cities on motor vehicles emissions. Abbas Imoro is general secretary of the Ghana Private Transport Union and he says they will be meeting the transport minister in the coming days. Because we knew very well that what is requesting wasn't landers are the 20% that we are asking for. Here we are very fortunate this echo levy has also come to existence because when we came up with the 20%, we did make mention that this excludes the echo tax and the new VAT. So if the echo tax has come into existence, yes, of course, we'll add it up because we are into business. Nobody will buy something one city. No businessman or woman will buy something one city and send it at 80 pesos. We'll add it up and share that burden with the citizenry. Meanwhile, tax consultant Francis Timoboy says the tax is not targeting to reduce emissions, but rather to help show up government's revenue shortfall. It is more of a revenue measure than the environmental objective. Why am I saying that? Environmental tax or carbon tax is supposed to discourage or have a direct effect on behavior. So if you say that you want people to shy away from fossil fuel, that's petrol, diesel, cars, then they should shift to an alternative. The question is, the alternative that we are being offered here is electric vehicles. Is it within our reach? The answer is complete no. I mean, uh, the minimum electric vehicle you can have is around $26,000, even in the advanced countries. You ask yourself how many people in Ghana can even afford that, amount, that, that car. Secondly, if you want me to shift behavior, the amount that I'm paying should be so much enough such that I have to take that decision, otherwise I'm losing. We don't even have the infrastructure in Ghana to even maintain the cars. So clearly, it's a way of raising revenue because globally, everybody is talking about climate change and therefore government thinks that one of the ways that we can, you know, not avoid tax is through the transport sector. And that's why this tax is coming. Francis Timoboy is a tax analyst. Now, government has indicated that it's expecting Ghana's debt classification to improve significantly after a closest deal with bilateral creditors and eurobond holders. This is what joy business has picked up from some persons working on Ghana's debt negotiations. There is more in this report. The assurance is coming at a time that the IMF and its staff report indicated that Ghana is still in debt distress with the country's debt classified as unsustainable. But for many, that development was surprising, especially at the time government is said to have completed a domestic debt exchange program. But government sources have told Joy Business that looking at the amount of the debt that the domestic debt exchange program has been able to restructure, that is not enough to impact significantly on Ghana's total debt stock. However, government believes if it starts restructuring the bilateral debt as well as the euro bond and commercial debt, that will change the IMF's assessment when it comes to Ghana's situation. Government is also downplaying concerns that Ghana could be forced to embark on another debt exchange program to ensure it brings the country's debt to sustainable position by 2026. And that is a business tax report. Now, port activities in terms of container traffic is still struggling to 
pick up strongly. Now, this is despite the recent developments in the economy that has seen some sectors pick up strongly. Now, the Bank of Ghana data shows that end in November 2023, it hit 58,000 similar volumes recorded in the same period in 2022. However, the graph showed that things are picking up slightly. Analysts say this could indicate that things might be improving in the coming days and events issues about tax increases the economy and even the IMF program will not be ending anytime so because some have argued that all the taxes that we've seen recent times had to do with some conditions in the fund program and events on PM Express Business Edition, which is subject in this to uh, some analysis from an economist that is Professor Ebo Texan, who is at the Cons Department at the University of Ghana, Lego. Lego, and that is Mabidua Baji, is also the Chief Executive of the Ghana National Chamber of Commerce and Industry and Tax Partner at PwC Ghana, that is Abeku Jan Kwansa, as you look at Ghana's IMF program, the recent tax increases, and the economy and the outlook events. It is at 9 p.m. on Joy News and all our social media channels tonight on PM Express Business Edition. Thank you very much, George, your messages shortly. But before that, it is emerging tonight that subscribers of Ghana's National Health Insurance Scheme are still paying out of pocket for services they receive at the country's health facilities. The NHIS was established more than 20 years ago by law to provide equitable access and financial coverage for basic health care services to Ghanaian citizens. But the latest demographic and health survey by the Ghana Statistical Service shows that even though the NHIS remains the most patronized health insurance, subscribers are always forced to pay out of pocket for various services at the health facilities. My colleague, head of the health desk and joint news editor Fred Smith joins us right now on the line with more on this. Fred, what are the specifics? Well, the survey set out to look for uh, how the health insurance coverage, utilization of health services by Ghanaians and those who are paying out of pocket uh, for health care delivery uh, provided to them, even though they have the national health insurance uh, scheme. And what they found uh, was that the percentage of women and men aged between 15 and 49 with health insurance coverage, uh, we had 90%. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. ...of women who spoke in that interview indicating that they had health insurance coverage. Only 10% did not have. 73% of men had and 27% of them uh, did not have. But if you look at those who are on the national health insurance itself, for both male and females, they had 99% of those on the national health insurance scheme, less than 1% for mutual health uh, insurance or privately purchased health insurance. It indicates to you that there's widespread coverage uh, for health insurance. In fact, between 2008 and 2022, we've seen a growth from 40% of coverage for women 
to 90% of coverage for women, and that's the highest evidence uh, as we are seeing. But the survey also went on to look for those who are paying out of pocket, and they found that as many as 60.3% of women between the ages of 15 and 49 who were uh, paying for health services, especially drugs at the various health facilities, uh, where where the was the number, and they had only 22.7% who said they were not paying for that. We had 12.5% of males who were paying for drugs. 4.6% were not paying. It's similar for the other areas such as consultation, diagnosis, admission, surgical, and other healthcare services. And the survey concludes with the following takeaways, and they said that the NHIS is the preferred health insurance cover for men and women aged 15 to 49. Health insurance utilization is higher among women than men aged 15 to 49. And ensured men and women are made out-of-pocket payments for services that uh, I indicated to you earlier, Evans. Fred, thank you very much. Thankfully, we can speak to Dr. Abigail Dechi Kwarteng Kujo. Uh, acting Director of uh, Claims at the National Health Insurance Authority. Uh, Doc, thanks for the time here on Newsnight. Thank you. So why are so many people still paying out of pocket? Okay, before I continue, I'd like to acknowledge um, Dr. Bernard Okoboy, whom I'm representing with the Executive Management of the National Health Insurance Authority, and um, Mrs. Louisa Atajeman, Dr. Mrs. Yapokuya Baden, and Mr. Francis Owusu. So I'll say basically this is a why people are paying out of pocket. That is what is happening now with people paying out of pocket fees at the point of seven suits, even though by the NHIS policy they are not supposed to make any payments. It's something that would describe as a policy implementation gap. The National Health Insurance Scheme is the main universal health coverage driver for Ghana. So in that USC um, concept, the three pillars mainly is looking at the population that is covered the services that are covered and then the out-of-pocket payments that are made at the health facilities. So by policy, the 95% of ailments that are covered by the National Health Insurance do not have any co-payment arrangements. So there should be no out-of-pocket payment at the point of services that is at the health facilities. But this is happening. So what it is is that I'll say the reason why is a multi- it's a systemic thing. So there are issues from the provider side, the purchaser side, as well as the members. So national health insurance and, and the NHIS side. Covered. And the NHIS side. You mentioned the list of agencies that may be I'm, responsible I'm for saying, this. Yes, I'm saying this because if you speak to the providers, there are a lot of a myriad of reasons they'll come up with, sort of like if I may say, to give a dog a bad name and hang it and try and blame all of this at the door of National Health Insurance Authority. Mm. But what we have done is that reflexively, the National Health Insurance Authority has looked into our operations, and we've tried to ask ourselves, what is it that we are contributing to this problem? And we have, um, one of the issues on our side was late reimbursement. But as we speak now, all the health providers can testify that every month there's some payment going on. And then there's the sunshine policy that sort of projects the payments that are made transparently for everybody to see that the providers are being paid. So now the providers are being paid. These out-of-pocket payments are still going on to the extent that people feel that um, the nurses or the um, health workers are collecting the money because National Health Insurance 
scheme does not cover certain services. So let's talk about what you plan to do about this now. You admit it is still happening out of pocket, although it shouldn't. And you say it's happening despite the fact that you're still paying the claims and paying it on time. So what are you going to do about it? So technically, we are, there are certain things that the National Health Insurance Authority has done. There are co-payment co- committees that have been set up at the national, regional, and district level to monitor these out-of-pocket payments. And some providers have been um, streamlined for some sanctioning measures, i.e. decredentialing, downgrading, and some of them in some instances have been prosecuted and have had to refund monies. So technically, from our side, we are working very hard to scare this out-of-pocket payment. And I think the Ministry of Health, the minister is also mobilized against this policy implementation gap. But then, like I said, it's a whole system issue. So that means at the provider end, there should be some arrangement to also try and care this out-of-pocket payment. What is the leadership at the provider end doing in the health facilities? What are they doing with the reimbursements that are given them? Are they being morally reflective in their leadership and deciding what they have to do or not do with the funds that are being allocated to them? Because their inactions or actions can perpetrate this action or this um, out of um, policy implementation gap at the provider side. So, for instance, if I may give an example. Unfortunately, because of time, um, we'll have to end it here. Uh, and I know this is a subject that many people identify with and have experiences of. And so, uh, Dr. Abigail Dechi Kwati Kujo, we will definitely have to talk again uh, uh, and, and as we begin to delve a bit deeper into the challenges that still beset the NHRS. As she says, it's a, a policy implementation gap that they're trying to deal with. People are going to be prosecuted, he says, institutions too. Uh, thank you uh, for your time. Is the acting director of claims at the NHIA. Let's do sports now. Hello, Ms. Bao. Hello, Evans. Well, uh, the quarterfinals of the African Cup of Nations starts tomorrow, and it's Angola and Nigeria will be starting it all off. And later in the evening, we'll have Guinea and the uh, Democratic Republic of Congo also locking horns there. But what's it's interesting is that ahead of that game, um, the ahead of the quarterfinal clash against the Super Eagles of Nigeria, Angola players and officials have been rewarded with cash and material gifts as motivation to win the match. Now, the Angolans who trashed Namibia three goals to nil in the round of 16 on Saturday to set up a quarterfinal encounter with Nigeria were also promised cash gifts if they advanced to the semi-final of the tournament. Now, according to a report by Angola Press Agency, uh, Banca Angolano de Investimento, a bank in Angola, announced that it will reward each Angola player and members of the coaching staff with a sum of 5 million kansas, that's to the tune of some $250,000 if they're able to defeat Nigeria. Now, following their victory against Namibia in the round of 16, it's reported that each player received a sum of $6,000 and iPhone 15 was given to each player. And uh, we understand with some internet bundle and all of this has served as motivation for the Angolans who are poised to defeat the Super Eagles tomorrow. However, for the Super Eagles head coach, Jose Pacero, he believes that despite the game being a 50-50 encounter, his team is ready to advance to the semifinals. Finish in the first position. Is, um, I know them. I know the players. I know the coach. I know the atmosphere. They live now. But okay, it's a good opponent. But our team is very good in this moment. Um, you need to to sink for a bit. Angola, you must play better than two days before. 
So that's uh, well, both Angola and Nigeria will go into the quarterfinal match with an unbeaten record in the tournament. And the only time they met was in 2004 in the World Cup. They have never met in this competition before. Well, just before I go, the final draw for the 13th edition of the Africa Games, the football competition has been held. And for the men's game, Ghana has been put in Group A alongside the Gambia, Benin and Congo. And in Group B is Nigeria, South Sudan, Senegal, Uganda and Tunisia. And for the women's side, the Black Queens, they are also in Group A alongside Tanzania, Uganda and Ethiopia. And in Group B, is Nigeria, Senegal, Cameroon, and Morocco. And of course, the Africa Games is starting in some 36 days from now. That's it, Evans. Thank you very much, Ms. Bao. A few of your messages now on our WhatsApp console. This one from Musa Abatra says, Evans, why is government dragging its feet in addressing the labor issues? Government admitted owing the union and reluctant in paying them, but they have huge amounts of money, 8.5 million for the Black Stars. Uh, this one from Nanae Kwama Boateng and Blikuma Centre says, Why is the finance minister imposing these needless taxes, particularly in an election year? It's a question that Nanae Kwama Boateng has asked. Also, Nana on the Spinkters Road says, Evans, would citizens of Ghana have enough electricity to run their homes and cars? For my, for, for my own many years in England, for my own many years in England and my travels around Europe, never experienced to do so. And therefore, they can boast of electric cars, but certainly not in Ghana. Uh, uh, Walanyo in Akwetia says, emission tax has been introduced and what is the purpose of this tax when we have 10 months to the general elections? And Patrick says, I am sad. One student said that we have rubbish all over. Now, they, these are the people we are training to take over the control of Ghana. The SLCs cannot organize their students to clean the environment they themselves live in. Funny country, Patrick says that one. It's a live here on News Nuggets on Joy 99.7 FM. Now, a 26-year-old nurse is battling for her life after her ex-boyfriend had stabbed her multiple times following an altercation at Pramso, a suburb of Swedro in the Busumtri district of the Shanti region. Comfort upon had machete wounds in the abdomen, lower and upper parts of the arms, resulting in severe loss of blood. A attacker, Kwesi Asuman, is also battling for his life at the emergency center of the Confanoche Teaching Hospital after he attempted suicide. Clinton Yeboah has more. Little did Comfort know that her refusal to allow her ex-boyfriend to spend the night at her place could spark an attack on her. A woman who broke up with Comfort about five months ago under the guise of visiting the one-and-a-half-year-old child fathered with the victim on January 27, 20, demanded to spend the night with her ex-girlfriend. But Comfort turned down that request. What started as a small argument between the once lovers turned bloody when a suman stabbed Comfort seven times on the thighs and stomach with a kitchen knife, leaving her with multiple wounds. She was rescued by neighbors who sent her to the Konfanochi Teaching Hospital for medical attention. Vincent Kofi Frimpon is Comfort's father. <laughs> But he insisted on staying. When I spoke to the man on phone, he said he couldn't leave. My daughter said she followed her everywhere she went. Once on phone, I could hear my daughter screaming. I came to meet her at the emergency to see that she has been stabbed and received deep cuts on her thighs. Meanwhile, Akwesi, a suman who attempted to take his life after committing the act, was admitted.
committed alongside his ex-girlfriend at the same facility. Attempts to speak to the medical staff at Konfonochi Teaching Hospital proved futile. Comfort, however, had been discharged during Joy News' visit to the facility. Reporting for Joy News, Clinton, Yabwa. Ghana's quest to have an HIV-free society is in danger, as the latest statistics from the Ghana AIDS Commission reveal over 45,000 young people between the ages of 15 and 24 are HIV-positive, with females accounting for 80% of the infection. Listen to the Director General of the Ghana AIDS Commission, Dr. Steve Chiahene-Treme. So the number of uh, young people between the ages of 15 and 24, as at the end of 2022, were 40,500. Over 40,000? Yes. This is what we can even account for, isn't it? Yes. Because the last time you updated us on the status, you said some people had come for the test, but they didn't come to, 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 to get a result. Results. And they were probably walking around not knowing their HIV status. Yes. Yeah. And every year, the number of people, the contribution of uh, young people of the same age group to new infections it's almost a third of the total new infections in the country so mm, very startling figures there from the ghana aids commission and guess who's joining us right now with what to expect next that is lexus bill hello lexus yes sir evans how are you i'm doing great i mean these numbers when it comes to hiv aids is, is really scary absolutely and that's why it's important that you need to test and know your status as much as possible and of course as well uh protection is, okay. a, is key uh, of course yes uh you having a conversation right yes after, absolutely after i'll be joined Who's by on your show? Uh, a brother actually the member of parliament for the akimoda constituency uh, a man who has been in the media before has actually done this job and so he's in familiar territory mm. honorable alexander Kwesiakwe is going oh, to join I very See, so he's coming to inspire you to follow his footsteps into politics. Okay, I get it. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs>